broadcasting Common Ground, the Deep Foundation Institute's podcast channel. In this series, Interview with a Survivor, our hosts, Lucky and Tim, will be discussing near misses, problem projects, and resolutions. In this episode, Lucky and Tim talk with all of our series guests about problems with communication. Proudly sponsored by Peer Research. Billy Camp, what is most important to key communication? How big a role communication can play in failures? Boy, communication is something that uh, has been a topic of discussion my whole career. And it's always something that engineers need to do better. And it's something we struggle at. Um, and it's and it's changing, right? I mean, we, we've gone, in my career, we've gone from, um, you know, hard copy reports. And if it's in a big hurry, you, you send it overnight. Um, and then eventually we started faxing them. Um, and now a lot of our communications email and, um, and, and, and we have more communication now than we've ever had before. So how much of it is actually getting heard? How much is getting read? So, um, you know, I think one thing that engineers frequently do a poor job of is recognizing it's, it's, it's both ways, right? I mean, we're telling people recommendations, but we oftentimes don't listen to what they're asking us to do. So um, listening is an important part of communication, probably more important than the, uh, than the, than the writing or speaking part. Billy, it's interesting. You didn't say in those communication, you didn't say anything about phone calls. (laughs) <laughs> now, I, I want to share a very brief comment. I was just talking to a few engineers within in-house yesterday, and I proposed that um, we call each other more often so that within our company, our, a lot of our company uh, uh, work remote, and I suggested that they get to know each other by calling. You would have expected that I had asked them to uh I don't know, jump into ice cold water or something. This look of fear came over. Well, do you you not, what would you say, kind of list the most important modes of communication and perhaps the least effective, uh, if you would, where would you put, where would you put phone calls and where would you put texts as Billy Camp, this uh, former GI president? it, 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 it depends on what you're trying to communicate, right? I mean, if you're trying to communicate an emotion, it probably needs to be face-to-face conversation. Now, if, no, no, and, and you've heard the, the statistics, right? The statistics are that 60 to 70% of communication is nonverbal. Yeah. I don't know. I may have gotten, and of course, 90% of statistics are made up on the spot, but um, go, keep going. Well, so if if you're just trying to communicate a design, well, I, I, I got to believe that you know a, a drawing is the best way of doing that. Um, if you're if you're trying to communicate how you feel about something, you're gonna be hard pressed to do that in a. Well, I mean, I, there some people can do it in writing, but it's gonna be a lot easier to do face to face. So I agree. It, it depends on what you're trying to communicate, I think, is what, what, what mode is best. Very good. 
Billy's episode is proudly sponsored by Berkel. Cold Westman. Communication is a big and important part of what we do, right? We always think about communication. How did we do? How can we do better? What are the main aspects of communication that is recipe for a happy client and long-lasting relationship? Do you see this changing? And what is the future of communication for us? Oh. <laughs> well, that's a big question. Um, wow. Yeah, I, I would say I, I'd say come back to the fact that we're we're all human beings, and and I think as human beings, we we all have two basic needs. Once you get past the physical needs, you know we all have two basic needs, and and those needs are every one of us. We have a need to be loved, and we have a, a need to be recognized. And, and I think that the communication that we render to each other and we receive from each other, those are satisfied those two needs, uh, recognition and love. Um, some of us have a need, we think we have a need for respect, but in my view, respect is just a cheap um, substitute for love. And, and, that's, and that's what we, we need. So we need to be communicated to verbally, um, we need to receive that. Uh, we need to be in contact with the rest, rest of the world. We need to be touched as human beings. And that, in my view, as long as we remain human beings, will never change. Uh, in today's world, where we have texts and emails and all kinds of things, it doesn't substitute our need to go to happy hour or to have a cup of coffee or a video chat with somebody and actually connect face-to-face, person-to-person. I would say the person-to-person thing will never change. That's very well said. It's very well said, Cord. Cord, in in terms of just business communication, do you see that your clients are getting more demanding? Yeah, you know, there was a time when you know you said, "Hey, on my cell phone, leave a message." <laughs> you know, now it's instant text and they're looking for the reply before they put their phone down. Do you, do you see this driving your company? Yeah, we see that for sure. I mean, the speed of life is definitely faster than, than it used to be. Uh, there's no question about that. The required speed of response is way faster. I, I remember my dad had a telex machine he would communicate back to his company in germany with a telex machine that was that was like his version of a fax and <laughs> it kind of worked it was expensive um, but yet are clients more demanding people are more demanding right as as a whole we all are more demanding think about yourself when you're forced to wait in line somewhere anymore and and, and you don't want to anymore because you're used to being satisfied immediately um, so I would just say that we, our clients are just a function of what the rest of society is. Mm-hmm. You think that rate, I mean, the increased rate of communication or the increased demand that people have, does that create new risks and new problems for you and your company? 
Yeah, maybe in two ways. One is um, quality control, making sure that there's an opportunity for more than one person to, um, to look at something to communicate. Uh, an example of that is we have some, some uh, clients and customers that want to communicate via um, text message. And, and, you know, our company philosophy is, that's fine, they can do that, but we return that communication by email. And, and the reason we do that is because then you can automatically include more people. Or, or in the future, you can refer to that and, and include more people in that, in that communication. So, so yeah, that's, um, that's changed. The second um, part of the change, I think, is that the uh, speed of today's world that's personified by communication um, is, uh, is creating uh, much more anxiety uh, amongst people. And, and you see that uh, in, the, in uh, our children's generation, at least my children's generation. And, and um, just there's, there's much more anxiety. And I think there's much more anxiety amongst our employees. And so finding ways to address that anxiety that, are, that in no way is your creation. It's not a creation of the job. It's not a creation of anything that you're doing as a company, but it is a creation of the, of the world that we live in. Um, that's a conundrum for all of us as well. Cord's episode was proudly sponsored by Geostructures. Today, we are sitting here with uh, Greg Reiter uh, with Berkel and Company. So I have a quick question for him. Communication is a big and important part of what we do. What are the main aspects of communication that is recipe for a happy client and long-lasting relationship? I, I would say the, the key is understanding what the client needs and um marrying that up with what you're going to provide the client and having an understanding of um, what gaps there might be between what you're offering to provide and, and the ultimate um, needs of the client so that uh, they know if there's other items that, that uh, you know, items that you don't perform, let's say if you're a contractor, um, but that will need to be performed to, to, to generate a complete uh, project for the, for the client, uh, that they understand that and can, can plan for it. And, um, you know, communicating that as early as possible so that they, they can make arrangements to, uh, to close those gaps before uh, it, it's too late. Do you see this changing and what is future for communication? Um, I, I think that's always going to be the case. Um, you know, most of the, most of the disputes that I end up getting involved in probably could have been solved by better communication, uh, earlier on. I think, um, that is and probably will always be a, a driver of um, uh, what makes a project successful versus not successful. So, you know, bad communication without a doubt will, will always lead uh, to problems. And, and I don't think 
I don't think that that will ever change. Um, you know, so part of it is is just educating uh, the younger folks that are new to the industry that you got to communicate. You know, the, the when I think about that, and it's it's kind of my soapbox is that the mode of communication sometimes as important is sometimes as important as how many times you communicate and you know i whether it's a text some people like email but then there's some things that a phone call i find that a phone call is has to be the mode of communication greg what's your thoughts i mean do you find the same thing I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. There's, there's certainly, uh, you know, we all get emails and texts and they're not going away anytime soon, but there are, there are topics, there are issues that don't need to be handled uh, by just clicking send on an email, uh, you know, the appropriate um, mechanism for, for the communication needs to be picking up the phone or, you know, getting in your truck and, and driving to the site or getting on an airplane and, and, and flying to somebody's office, whatever, but it needs to be, uh, if not uh, in person, at least verbal so that you can understand context. Because um, I think it's very easy to, to, to lose that if you're, if you're just reading an email uh, or a text. I, I totally, I think, I think that's a soft skill that is undervalued is the ability to pick the right uh, medium to communicate certain issues. If I'm trying to, I'm trying to present a certain fact to a lot of people an email works great. If I'm trying to gain, get the mood of a potential client or owner that could react negatively, (laughs) um, a phone call, right? Yeah, no, you can't you can't read the room on an email. Email, yeah. <laughs> and, no and meeting meeting a client in person is definitely going to set you up for long lasting relationship. Yep. You know, that's that's always, always a winner. Did, within Burkle, do you do you guys talk about and, and ladies, do you talk about communication and what modes are appropriate? All the time. Okay. Oh, wow, that's time. good to hear. That is really yeah, awesome. Good to hear. Yep. Yeah. All we, the time. Sometimes it falls on deaf ears. That's why we keep talking about it all the well, time. That's wonderful. Yep. I know. Greg's episode was proudly sponsored by SpecCrete. Cassandra. Communication is a big and important part of what we do, right? Um, everything is established on how we communicate, what we communicate, um, and how well we communicate. So what are the main aspects of communication that is a recipe for a happy client and a long-lasting relationship? If I give away my secrets, Lucky, um, how am I going to uh, you know, have job security moving forward? No, just all seriousness, um, kidding aside. So communication with the client for myself as well as for GZA has been responsiveness and listening. Um, 
you learn when you're talking to your clients and listening to your clients and having those conversations, they are trying to convey to you a message of need. A lot of times they have a problem and your ability to digest and listen to what they're saying to develop scope is critical to winning a project, developing that relationship and being able to express that you heard them, right? So you should only be doing about 20% of the talking when you're speaking to your clients, because otherwise you're not gonna capture their need. And if they're able to express even in <clears throat> the most general sense of what they need, you can then elaborate and say, it sounds like you need this, or it sounds like you need that. And that will allow you to fill the gaps and walk through the scope verbally in order to help them um, get the help they need on their projects and to help them come up with a solution makes, that makes sense. The other thing I find, and this comes with time and I was mentioning diplomacy, um, but communicating with your audience or your client or even your staff is um, the selection of, of the words that you're using. So the words that you're using have, can have a really significant impact on um, how you're motivating your people or your team or, you know, speaking to a client, right? And different words have different impacts on people. So selecting the right words um, are really going to have um, an important effect on, on them. Um, some people are more emotional and some people are more, you know, action driven. So coming up with that combination, the selection, the selection of words, um, even in your email and written correspondence is, is absolutely key to maintaining strong relationships. That's very true. Okay. Well, Cassandra, now that you say that, I, would you, are you more than, if you have an issue and talk to your client about, are you more inclined to send a text or make a phone call? Phone call. Why? You can hear their tone. You can hear their tone. Um, um, oftentimes, um, I, I leave off a conversation maybe with them to say I'm available. And if you can't reach me, send me a text. And they send me a text, I call them right back as soon as I can get to the phone. And what that allows me to do is he hear what they're saying and, and get a sense of what they need to get across. I've also found that there's so much lost in translation from text. So you, you, you just miss, you miss it. Um, What's GZA? Do you, what do you, does GZA have a policy? Do you guys ever talk about that? We're not particularly policy heavy around here. There's some guidelines. And some what about, what about, I mean, certainly you've got engineers that work with you. What, what would you, do you find that they're, let's just say, the engineers that are that may be junior to you are they more than likely will they text or will they make a phone call the most successful engineers around me make face contact with you or phone calls with you. what about the junior ones juniors too that's, juniors that's too. they're diligent those are the most successful ones i i remind them if you want to be successful and i'm i'm the person you need to contact don't give up. Keep trying to contact me because you don't know my schedule. You don't know what I'm doing. 
um, but don't give up. Don't make one attempt. That's my junior folks, right? My clients, I'm doing the opposite. I don't give up on getting back to them. Um, but I tell them that the most important thing is for you to talk to me and see me. And so that way we can get to the bottom of it because otherwise it's going to get lost. Let's get lost in translation. And I find that is especially true even with my senior mentors. They are more phone prone, um, especially if they work with contractors, uh, phone first. Well, I guess that, you know, that, that leads to a question. I think that what I found is that you talk to um, more seasoned uh, professionals, they'll say they're more likely to use the phone, but you talk to the younger or, uh, or the more recent graduates and they're more likely to text. So it, it begs the question, is this, uh, is this really just, uh, you know, you know, a hundred years ago, people rode a horse and we drive a car, or is there really something to the fact that a phone or a, a, a person to person meeting, which is hard to do when your clients are, you know, we're so far away from them now, but is it really more of a cultural thing or is it really more an effectiveness thing? I think it's both. I think it's both. And what I'm finding is that it is the transition between older generations, phone call in person versus texting or IMing, right? So the junior level folks are IMing and texting me. My response, if I feel it's necessary, is I need to mentor you. You need to come see me so we can talk through it. And I found, have found that oftentimes in their reviews, their annual reviews or performance reviews, they're asking for coaching and mentoring. And I'm telling them the only way you're going to get that is if you come to the desk or you get me on a phone call. Because See, I, I don't even it. use the term Miami. So I'm, yeah. I'm that far behind. <laughs> so All right. as a, grabbing them and, and talking to them, I said, if you want to learn, you want to get coached, you want to get mentored, you need to come in. And that's that hands-on nature. And it's my responsibility also to go to the field and see them. And I found that I made uh, um, some really nice connections with, during the um, pandemic in order to connect and give FaceTime to my field engineers who felt possibly like they were out there all alone. Um, so it was, it goes both ways. Cassandra's episode was proudly sponsored by Densification Inc. David Wilshaw, communication is a big part of what we do, right? How we communicate with our clients, how we communicate with our employees, how we communicate with um, anyone that we're working on with respect to a project or the case, of course, what you're talking about. Um, what, what would you say the main aspects of communication that is a recipe for a happy client and also a long-lasting client? That's a great question. So I would... Um... It, it depends on uh, how, what you're trying to communicate. I think on the commercial side, again, I've been doing this a few years, you know, clients get upset when the projects are late and over budget. <laughs> Doesn't matter what you, what you probably in many areas of life, that's a truism. Um, so I think if you're communicating early to your client and, you know, n not being embarrassed about calling them saying, you know, listen, what we're finding here, we're dealing, again, particularly talking in a geotechnical uh, context, is we're dealing with the ground. The ground 
is not all the same everywhere in the world. So we don't know what we're going to find when we explore your site. I think the worst thing I've seen is where, you know, a geotechnical practitioner finds some really not beneficial ground conditions, sends a report out saying, hey, here it is, you're going to need piles. And then there's the invoice, you know, whereas I remember I've got a great uh, lucky story. So this is a lucky story from we were doing, we were building a car wash. We we're working for a guy building a car wash in Orlando. And, uh, and we, we did, Lakshmi, uh, lucky did that, that quick and early uh, communication. She told the client, you have organic soils under this site. It's going to cost more money to build a retaining wall because of it. So he called a site meeting. He wasn't having any of this. So Lucky brings with her <laughs> samples of the organic soils, opens these bag of stinking peat out and just puts them under the client's nose. And he loved it. He, he just couldn't visualize what was, um, what was being told in emails and, and telephone calls. But when, when Lucky bought those bags of organic soil out and he smelt it, then he got the message. You know? So I think you know, we just can't send a report out and hope that you know, they don't ask a question you know we we're, we're there to answer questions we have to answer those questions as the project goes along so that's part of the communication as a as particularly as geotechnical specialists uh, do you do you see i know in the last one year things have changed right or i should say two years i think the communication how we used to communicate and com communication to our clients has changed drastically we used to uh, just run to their office if we were in the same state, and then we would sit down with them, have the report with us, and then go through the report with them, you know, before giving that. That was one of the biggest things that we used to do at Universal Engineering Sciences a long time ago. So do you think whatever the change we are seeing, um, is, it, is it evolving in terms of where good engineering is going, or do you think the future of communication is also going to be different? Yeah, another great question about communication. So um, if we only ever communicate by email, it's, it's email. Again, I've seen this as an expert witness. Emails read five years later can sound completely different to what their intent was. And I know, and I'm, I know I'm an old guy and you're going to say, oh, that old guy going to tell us to pick up the telephone. I tell you what, picking up the telephone is the best advice I can give anybody. Um, I think even, I mean, you know, Zoom. I mean, you know, we've got I've got clients in the UK. Zoom conferences are a necessity then, but they're great. I mean, you see people's facial expressions. You can see if you're getting the message across. You get the you know all those nonverbal communications. So that's one good thing about the last two years. Zoom is and Microsoft Teams and everything else that's available are, are you know uh, tools for you know face to face communication. But I think you'll find that you know the majority of kind of jobbing geotechnical engineers will hide behind a text message and an email rather than, you know, Zoom call a client or even pick up that telephone. And then we've all, we all carry them around with them. They're great for sending emails and texts and taking photos and doing TikToks. But, you know, picking up that phone, particularly making that difficult phone call, uh, that's something which is the same now as it was when I started my career. You know, you, nobody wants to do it. We all got to eat that frog and do it though. You know, to pick up that call, pick up that phone and make that difficult call. And and the, the client will appreciate it at the end of the day. That's very true, David. I think I'm, I'm a big believer of uh, talking to uh, my clients face-to-face -face or at least on the phone. Um, I think that that makes a lot of difference and that actually continues the conversation that you really want to have instead of going back and forth with the emails. Correct. Well, we're the consultant. David. That's what they're paying us to be. We, we're, they're paying for our knowledge. 
So impart that knowledge, tell them what you know and tell them what you think. David's episode was proudly sponsored by Universal Engineering Science. We're sitting here with Tom Richards and Tom, we hear about communication being one of the major issues affecting engineering problems. You know, given your, your vast experience, what do you see as being a, a recipe for good communication with the client and a good relationship? Well, I think uh, it takes building trust to, with your, to get a happy client. And so, and that's done best in person, you know, sit down, real people, just, just talking about things, talking about the challenges of the job or whatever, um, and building that trust. Tom, do you see this changing, the communication way of changing, and what is the future for communication you see? Uh, I'm far from a communication expert. Uh, all the Nicholson guys, gang, will tell you that uh, they hated my emails. Uh, certainly, I, I, emails was good because you could get a, the story out to a whole bunch of people at once, but sometimes they're a little uh, tough. Uh, so, uh, and the other reason I like to do emails was uh, I could ask questions, then they could go off and find the answers and, and answer me and I'd have a record. Instead of trying to memorize all this information or write down notes on a tablet that might not be where I need it to be the next time that topic comes up. But I think that the Zoom stuff is a great way to do the communication because it's close to in-person and, you know, can at least see what's going on with somebody. Yeah. You, you know, Tom, it's kind of funny. I've, I've, I think I found my sweet spot. See if you, you, you like this idea. So now I'm almost always inclined to either zoom or call somebody on the phone. And I really only use email to then follow up with what we just to document what we talked about in a way. I, I try not to ever put new ideas in an email because I feel like you kind of set it off that now it's completely accepted that important ideas are solely going to be through email. I think I'm with you, uh, Tim. Um, I will let Tom answer that as well, but I think that's the last two years has changed everything for our industry, right? Like how we do business. I think that's, that's perfect way, you know, or talk to someone on the phone and then or on zoom and then send them the email to follow up. So we don't have any miscommunications. What do you say, Tom? Certainly, people. <laughs> the, my, my email system was frustrating for the people I worked with, and, and I think that personal conversations are better. Yeah. It's just hard when it's a whole bunch of facts that you know they may not have the answers for right then. So that it is true. Depends on the topic. That is Tom's episode was proudly sponsored by Ishbek Titan.
On behalf of DFI, we hope you enjoyed this episode. The views, information and opinions expressed during Deep Foundation Institute's podcasts are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of DFI. DFI does not verify or take responsibility for the accuracy of the information contained, nor does it warrant that the information contained herein is suitable for any general or specific use. The podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Editing, modification or redistribution of this podcast is prohibited. Thanks for your time. Keep on surviving.